3: Test your luck
0: in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday,
4: I will call upon you to
0: do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the
2: family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello.
3: This is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad. But not for your ears. For your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest, go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to.
0: Trace Trelko here and welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. Olympic dreams for one UCF athlete. Softball has a date with Auburn in the NCAA tournament and baseball gets ready for its league tournament. Let us welcome in the Sons of UCF, Adam and Mike. Happy 100 days until the kickoff of the 2021 college football season, guys.
3: Wow, I did not realize that. If I know known I brought a gift, um, but excited to be here. A good show, Trace. Another eclectic show we have This evening with a lot of different guests looking forward to uh, to chopping up some UCF sports with you guys.
1: We're about to get into the dog days this summer. It's going to be a dry time around UCF sports very soon. Once these spring sports are done, good thing we have shows like this to
0: keep us occupied, right? Certainly true. Baseball clinging to a 2-1 lead. Second game uh, against Houston. They won the first game 3-1. So that's the latest from John Uliano Park. Mike, want to give you credit. You inspired today's news for men's basketball. Officially announced Orange Bowl Classic December 18th in Sunrise. UCF versus FSU. That's part of a doubleheader. It will also feature the Gators against the Cows. So look look at you. You, you, uh, you lead to change there. It's good to make something positive. At least I'm responsible for something good
1: for once, right? But that's an exciting tournament. I love that thing. Especially, I used to live in Sunrise. I used to live walking distance to the arena, which was even better. Now I've got a little bit of a drive, but I will be there. We say December 18th. It's usually on a Saturday. I'll be there. UCF usually the first game in that, so I'll be there all day. Right. Yeah, I used to go That's to that good. tournament
3: all the time. We used to we used to get tickets up in the club. I think Mike, you joined us in the club level. They had free food and well, not free—you paid for it—but food and booze. Um, it's a double header, so two games, so the price of one maybe because they probably charge you up more. But either way, it's a really good tournament, and uh, are we giving Mike credit for that? Because I feel like Mike asked Danny White that like three <laughs> years ago. Has the statute of limitations run out, or does Mike
0: still get credit for that? Uh, we're giving him credit. There was a COVID-impacted situation. It was in motion. It was really inspired by Mike on the Charge On Tour. Uh, I'm curious to see what impact he's had on the Charge On Tour and what will be the changes in UCF athletics as the result of his interviews from last week. I
1: asked it two two years ago. Danny White took my advice. And last year, we were scheduled to play in it. But it got canceled for COVID. So we're just transferring it over to this year now. Full
0: credit. Full credit. Uh, By the way, yes.
3: So if this is to be believed, either two things will happen. Gus Malzahn will have a tank top on. (laughs) Um, No, okay. Or um, Terry Mohajer will bring the concierge beer servers back to Mike's seat at the bounce house. One of those two (laughs)
0: things are possible, then, is what you're telling me. You never know. And if either one of those happen, then you know who to thank. Yours truly. I I know you've got some new sounders on the show, but... Can you work one in about? Well, oh, those are some really interesting questions. <laughs> that, that was my I can, favorite. I can certainly,
3: I can certainly cut that up, Trace, when Mike's least expecting it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think that one needs to work its way back in. Charge on tour continued uh, Wednesday night uh, out in Port Canaveral. Interesting nugget from it shared in the dungeon is uh, that uh, Terry Mahajer is uh, looking at a setting a hundred million dollar fundraising goal, which. Seems overly ambitious to me, considering that they've not yet hit the 25 million set forth by Danny White a couple of years ago. Uh, and also, he's talked about needing upgrades to facilities, which I found uh, a couple of interesting nuggets out of that. Uh, tour continues uh, next week, uh, Thursday, in far away Oviedo. So they're branching out all the way to Oviedo.
3: Yeah, it looked like a good crowd via uh, photographs we saw last night. And I assume Evita will also bring another another good crowd. Uh, I mean, you heard the sound, right? You, you heard a little bit about what coaches are talking about. It's a great opportunity to get out, uh, meet the coaches, take some pictures. Seems like their autographs are being had, pictures are being taken. Uh, good chance to, to mingle with some of your fellow Knights. Uh, uh, certainly, I think the demand is there. A lot of people are, are griping there aren't more stops, uh, myself included here in Jacksonville. I know our friends in Tampa are saying that. Our friends in Atlanta are saying that. So, goes to show you the demand is there. Uh, so if you can get out to a veto, it's a, it's a stone's throw away.
1: Why not check it out? Yeah, it's a funny event. And $100 million sounds like a lot, but I asked <laughs> <does>. Gus Malzahn <laughs> <It> about, <does. laughs> about cryptocurrency. Maybe I should have asked Mohajer. Maybe he's planning on raising five and turning that into a hundred with a little dogecoin.
0: I would like you to spend a little bit of time on next week's show explaining cryptocurrency to us. <laughs> I would enjoy that.
1: Uh, no, you don't want my
0: version of it. But, uh. <laughs> uh, last week on this very program, we had Big Game Boomer on uh, the the guy on Twitter who puts on all of the lists. Adam, if you have the one that he had just the other day, he predicts 45 massive blowouts this season. The fourth on that list, UCF against the Cows. UCF, of course, uh, the winner in that one. I asked on Twitter, what will be the biggest blowout for UCF on its schedule this year? Bethune Cookman, the Cows UConn, UConn the winner, thirty-nine percent of respondents, followed by Bethune Cookman at 35. The cows at 26. I like one of my favorite follows on Twitter at NYC Rob UCF said, I'd love for the biggest blowout to come against the cows, but every time I expect them to blow them out, they don't prove me wrong. Mike, I would imagine you agree with that.
1: Yeah, and it's one of the other things I asked Coach Malzahn is we've been waiting a long time for revenge for that sixty-four twelve. It seemed like every year for us and hyper were here, we thought that was gonna be the time to get the payback. Still, I mean, we won by four touchdowns the last few years. Good wins, but not that 50-point blowout we're all looking for. I think Gus is going to get it to us. I don't think he's going to be the guy that tells us he's going to do it before he does it.
3: Yeah, I think he's got the the chip on his shoulder mentality. I think uh, if he has a chance to to put the the opponent away, uh, I, I think he'll do that. We never really saw him do that in the SEC. I mean, not a ton of blowouts there. Uh, their biggest rival was Alabama, which obviously is a much different game. Uh, I think the chip on the shoulder Gus Melzon we've seen just might keep that foot on the gas pedal. Um, I don't I don't know that he has any love lost for this rivalry, and and maybe Mike again, maybe you inspired the question. Maybe he wasn't familiar with sixty four twelve, and maybe he went back and did some research after that hard hitting interview you had with him.
1: And just remember that games at the end of the year, we may be looking for style points. If there's any chance of getting into the college football playoff, even not this year, but in the next couple of years, that's a game where you can make some noise and and raise some eyebrows with a high blowout.
0: You get really hot about that game. And uh, I share your opinion on that. Uh, It is one of the few games I left that game with about five minutes left to go in it, disgusted by that game. Terrible game. So I'm with you. Uh, on that one in a rematch. Big Game Boomer had some other, uh, he's he's working UCF into all of these polls, which uh, he's smart because it's good for clicks uh, and follows on Twitter. He named uh, UCF the second best student section in the group of five, had Navy listed first. I'm not sure I'm ready to quibble with Navy being number one, right? The the cadets and, you know, the midshipmen and the way they, you know, the midshipmen in particular, right, for for Navy and, and the way they come together in the pageantry of the Army-Navy game. I, I'm going to, I, I'm happy with ceding that to Navy for that one.
3: Yeah, that's like the pay the teacher's argument, right? You can't really, you can't really argue against it. Um, yeah, I, I think, first of all, th- this guy's certainly blowing up on Twitter and Big Gabe Boomer, or BGB as Mike calls him. Uh, I mean, there's a new <laughs> list every day. Uh, I saw uh, – I don't know if you're going to talk about a Trace, we had – uh, Sam Jackson and Cole Schneider and Matt Lee were all listed as top offensive linemen in their respective position groups. Uh, Mike said it earlier, it's the dog days of summer are here. Uh, you know, it's good content. It's good fodder. You see a lot of comments in the, uh, uh, in, in the response sections to it. So uh, it's good. It's good fun. It's good to have a, a, a pro UCF ally out there uh, until one of our fans probably irritates him. And then all of a sudden we will get back to the bottom.
1: Yeah. It's just opinion. Like you said, it's done for clicks. If he had, a negative opinion about UCF, which a lot of people on the internet do. If he was one of these guys that says we didn't win national champions stuff, he'd be posting us low on all these lists and we'd hate him, but he has us high. So yeah, he's our friend and we put him on the show.
0: Exactly. And we're, we're bucking <laughs> for that best podcast uh, ranking that he's got. Also, he had loudest college football stadiums at UCF 22nd on that list. And uh, the UCF with most loyal fan base in the AAC. Now on that one, I think he had the cows fourth. Uh, Interestingly, they uh, announced today that they're opening up uh, to full capacity, which will be about what, 10, 15,000 at Raymond James for their, their home games this coming season.
3: Well, he said most loyal. Uh, I mean, two or three people can be loyal, right? He didn't say the number of people that had to be loyal to them. So, I mean, both the cows fans are probably pretty loyal. I assume.
1: Yeah. And them planning for full book capacity. is like me planning for my date with Scarlett Johansson later this week. I mean, planning's nice.
0: It's just not going to happen. <laughs> well, that's that's something. Your date with Scarlo <laughs> Johansson. I, I love that. I'm never quite sure what you're going to uh, bring to this program or the pod, Mike. Uh, by the way, Citronaut, Mike. I saw a list generated in the dungeon of uh, other possible nicknames for you. What did you think of Citronaut, Mike?
1: It's not bad. I forgot which one of my favorite ones was. Was um, I have to go over the list again? But there's a couple of good ones in there, and. You know, there's a few UCF mics in the dungeon. I, don't, I didn't know
0: those guys were such big fans, but
1: thank you guys for the support. I don't see any the, uh,
0: trace imitators out there. You had a whole segment on your your show during football season for it, so I think that's quite enough. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's just, that was just me, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also news today, eight members of the track and field team plus the 4x400 relay squad will compete in the NCAA East Regional May 27th through 29th. And our next guest is the uh, Richard freshman from Miami Southbridge High, the freshman of the year in the AAC. Renaya Jones uh, joins us. Uh, she uh, has also trying to qualify for the Olympic trials. Renaya, thanks for joining us for the Sons of UCF Live. We're glad to have you here. Want to talk a little bit about how you have done most recently? You uh, collected twenty of UCF seventy-one points in the AAC championship, and you are just blowing things up. Uh, First of all, freshman of the year, when you heard (laughs) that, what did you think?
2: I mean, I wanna say that I was surprised, but I think I did pretty good. I was looking forward to getting that award. Um, I'm actually really surprised with my performance. I didn't think it was actually gonna be that good, but it just goes, to show, like, just goes to show that like your training just prepared you for everything that you're gonna be in. Doing the 100, doing the 200, doing the hurdles, it definitely took a lot out of me, but I'm really glad that I did it. <laughs>
3: Renee, how did you get started in track and field? How did that become sort of the sport of, of choice for you?
2: Um, this, I want to say, this started when I was younger. When I was in um, fifth grade, I realized that I was kind of fast from field day. So, just when I got into middle school and stuff, I noticed a lot of my friends were doing sports. And I was like, mm, maybe track and field would kind of do me right. So, that was just like the beginning of everything, just from middle school going on to like going into high school.
1: You grew up in Miami. What made you choose UCF? How did that come about?
2: Um, I definitely knew when I was getting recruited that I wanted to stay in Florida just because I'm not used to other like states temperatures and stuff. So um, I had some schools that was recruiting me in the north and I was just like, "Mm, as much as I like our school, I don't think I could survive in the cold. So um, just knowing I wanted to stay in Florida, I was actually looking forward to bigger schools in UCF when it came to like um, conference wide, like UF, FSU and stuff. But um, hey, they didn't get me. UCF did. So That's where it all started.
0: And we're glad that you were a part of UCS track and field team. You talked a little bit about the hard work you put in. What is a typical week like for you in training and practice?
2: Um, definitely, it's all planned out throughout the days. Um, we'll say Monday and Thursday are more technical days for me when it comes to hurdles. We have Tuesdays and Fridays more of sprint training, getting me faster. and Wednesdays more of our recovery days. So every day in our week, if training is really planned out to compatible compatible team.
3: A lot of athletes talk about being in the zone, like a you know a, a basketball player will talk about just knowing in warmups their shot is going in. A pitcher will know in in baseball that they have their their best pitch. Do you know in warmups if when you're in the zone that you know you're going to put up a good time or that you have a good race in you?
2: Definitely, I want to say just because when I hear that gun go off, I'm definitely a competitor. So just hearing that gun, my thoughts kind of just disappear. So just how people know in warmups, I really just know when that gun goes off that I know I'm just going to do something.
1: We saw your record-setting run in the hurdles the other day. You also run the 100 meters, the 200 meters. Do you have a favorite event that you like the most?
2: Definitely, of course. I love me some hurdles. Um, I want to say a close second is the 100, though.
0: The first time you did the hurdles, I mean, what was that like? I mean, for someone like me who watches it, it, I don't know how you pull it off.
2: Um, well, that all started when I was in tenth grade. So I wasn't a hurdler before when I first started track. Um, I was a sprinter. I did the one and two occasionally the four. Um, then once I got into tenth grade, we had like some type of like time trials or whatever. And I thought I did pretty good to be a sprinter, but they're just like they pull me over to the side. They're like, um, come see if you can jump over these hurdles. Well, not really jump, but y'all know what I mean. Um, and I jumped over it and. That's how just it went.
3: <laughs> do you even see the hurdles when you're is it just muscle memory at this point? You just know how many steps. Yeah, do you, it's uh, can you even see the
2: hurdles? Um, I definitely see the hurdles. Um, but okay, it's I definitely it. memory. <laughs> when you approach the hurdles, um, your leg just knows to come up, it just knows that form that's going to take you over. So definitely like just this far into it, I don't even think when I go over a hurdle.
1: <laughs> you're obviously very fast and short distance. I don't know if you know this, but I won the 5K race that we did. Oh, a couple boy. Weeks ago. Uh, 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 what, what's the longest distance? She did not know life?
0: that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> distance wise, how far do you even train at all with distance or no?
2: Oh, no. Um, The closest thing you'll see me doing to that is just a 10 minute jog. And, you know, that's nowhere comparable to the speed of a 5K. So um, just the longest distance that I've done is most definitely a 400. I occasionally used to be on the 4x4 in high school. Um, I haven't really been on the 4x4 here at UCF, but I just know one day it might come. (laughs)
0: So many individual accomplishments in track and field, but obviously you have a team of, uh, you know, teammates there. Talk about the rest of your teammates and and their performances throughout the season.
2: Um, Definitely. I am very proud of my whole team throughout the whole, just the whole season. Um, We've definitely PR like almost every meet, but um, when it comes down to my teammates, I just want to give a shout out to Sarah. That's um, my hurdle crew. Got Selena, Alexis, and Alicia. Um, I'm so proud of their PRs and how far that they've come. Like just um, Selena's coming off of injury and stuff. Um, my sprint girls got the 400 group and the short sprints. You know, sometimes I train with each group, which is always fun, but I'm really proud of them too. And just my whole team, just in general, like throwers, jumpers, distance, everybody's done so good up to, like up until this point.
3: Obviously, being an athlete, I know you're competitive, and uh, we also know you're very fast. Do you ever try to uh, do things in your in your real life to co- kind of compete? Like, do you do you, you know, leave like two minutes when you have to leave the parking garage to see if you can get the class on time? Like, do you do you use little challenges like that sort of in your personal life?
2: Um, that's actually really funny because I find myself testing like my um lateness almost every day. Like just coming into here, I was probably like eight oh eight. I knew I had to be here at eight ten. I'm just like, okay, let me get set up a setup real quick. So a lot of times like just when I'm doing anything, going to practice, um, I'll be like right on time. I'll be testing myself to see how fast I can go just going somewhere.
3: <laughs> Cause I feel like you you can't be late to a class. Like if you walk in and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm running late. I feel like the professor's like, I'm not buying that. You could have gotten here in time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so just um, just talking about school and stuff. I think I'm pretty on time. You know, this semester was really just about Zoom classes and stuff. So I think I was on time to be on a computer.
1: Well, yeah, your first year at college, obviously an unusual one with COVID. But you just mentioned a lot of Zoom classes. How excited are you to get into the normal college experience and go to classes and attend all these real events?
2: Oh, well, I'm just glad to say, um, just like a little clarification, my outdoor status is a freshman, but I would really be a sophomore if I had my previous year. So I was lucky enough to just come onto campus my fall semester and be able to like go to in-person classes and stuff. So I do know what I'm expecting, but it's going to be pretty exciting just going back into class. I think um, being in in-person classes are more receptive to me. Like I learn more just being in person. But I'm very glad that I was able to have like a first year experience, at least when I first came to UCF. What's your major? Um, I am majoring in criminal justice.
0: Mm. And you want to do what with
2: that? Um, I actually want to go to law school after. So um, if you ask me what lawyer I want to be, I do not have a question for you. And I've heard that once you get into it, your ideas might just change. So I'm just on the fence with that.
0: What sort of influence has Coach Boone been on you, and what is she like to be around as a head coach?
2: Oh, my gosh. Coach Boone, that's my dog right there, I have to tell you. Um, she just brings so much energy. She brings so much positivity to the team just as a head coach. Um, I love the way that she coaches us. I wouldn't have it any other different way. She's very motivating, very inspiring. Um, she has She's nothing short on advice. Um, she's somebody that you can go to like in a time of need. But... Um, I'm glad to say that I have Coach Boone as my head coach.
3: So when you're not uh, doing schoolwork, you're not training, uh, what do you like to do for fun?
2: Um, I actually like to be on the game for fun. Like I have a PS5. Um, I like to play games like GTA, Call of Duty. Um, I just started getting into Rocket League. That's a cool game. So I like to game. I like to shop. I like to have fun. Yeah, pretty normal. (laughs)
1: Are you a big football fan? Do you follow the UCF football team closely? Um, yes,
2: I am a big football fan when it comes down to college football. I'm definitely I love watching UCF games. Um any team at it, not just football. Like I started watching softball and I really like that. Um but just any other sport I love supporting my school.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about the Olympic qualifiers. What do you expect from that? When is it? Where is it? Tell us a little bit more about that experience that's coming up.
2: Um I am definitely looking forward to it. That's something excited that I'm looking forward to. Um, I know right now we're, we just finished conference. So right now we're focusing on the NCAA. Um, right next week, we go to regionals. And two weeks after that, we go to the outdoor championships. I believe the trials is actually the week after the outdoor championship. So um, we're going to be preparing from there. I'm really excited about the whole experience. I didn't think that this journey would be here so fast, but its it is. It's, it's here and I'm very excited for it.
3: Obviously Trace mentioned off the top, you've had uh, quite a memorable year so far. Uh, what's, uh, what's your favorite memory so far of this season?
2: Um, I probably want to say my favorite memory was definitely running 12-7-3 this season, just breaking um, sub-13 for my first time. That was super, super, super exciting. And just the video that came out of it, I'm so obsessed with it. Um, That was just such a great memory, just to share it with my team, just to have everybody in the home crowd seeing it. Definitely memorable. What's your favorite place to hang out around campus? Oh, around campus, definitely the reflect. Mm, reflection pond, reflecting pond. Um, it's so pretty. A lot of people have their grad pictures there and stuff, but just sitting around there is just relaxing period. Um, it's like a little fountain has a library behind it. Um, nice buildings, like just the scenery of UCF is just undefeated.
0: Undefeated. I like that. Let's wrap up with this. Just talk a little bit more about your goal of making an Olympics.
2: Um, Ooh, just going that far, it's gonna be something. I want to just say different. Like this is something I've always talked about when I first started running track, being in the Olympics, and just for it to be here so fast, my opportunity. Um, looking forward to it like so much. Um, but my goals from there, I just want to have fun and compete.
0: Well, we are glad you uh, found a little bit of time in your busy schedule to join us on the Sons of UCF Live. We will be cheering you and the rest of your teammates on in the NCAA East Regionals and looking for what you do in the Olympic qualifying. Thanks so much for joining Thank us on you. the Sons of UCF Live.
2: Thank you guys so much. On, right, go Knights. Nice. Nice. Go Knights,
0: nice, on. Wow, what a nice young lady. This close to being possibly an Olympian. Pretty impressive.
3: Yeah, that's gotta be such a great feeling, Trace, because you you train, you practice all your life and and to get to the pinnacle of, you know, the top of your sport, the top of of what, top one percent of all athletes in the world, and to be in that in that area to be in that sphere to be in that, uh, in that, in that contention. I mean, it's just gotta be a great feeling for, for anybody. I mean, listen, football players, basketball players, right? They're, they're great athletes, but the the amount of training that goes into the specialization of some of the, uh, some of these events, I mean, she talked about her, her leg just going up when she's, she's a hurdle, I mean, if I saw a hurdle, i fall to the ground. I mean, yet her leg knows exactly what to do and and, and how to react. Um, that's just that's, – that's super impressive, and it's got to be such a great feeling to know that all that hard work uh, and you see a goal and a dream, and it's right there. That that I can't imagine a better feeling than that athletically.
1: I'll be rooting for her. I hope she gets the Olympics, and then I can tell everybody that she would not be able to beat me in a 5K. She admitted it herself that <laughs> I could beat an Olympian in a 5K. That would be pretty cool to say, huh?
0: I like the many different ways you find a way to bring that in to conversations. <laughs> I, have, I have the medal right here, in case you can't. Yes. See. Yes, we, we all have a medal. Really? <laughs> we, we all got that. I got a medal. Well, I
3: think the other thing, too, Trace, the, the comment on the screen here from our, our good friend, James Seg advisor, uh, just what a what a nice uh, representation she is of UCF and the black and gold. Uh, and it's, it's so easy to root for 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 kids and athletes, uh, you know, who, who represent UCF really well. And she does such a good job of that, too. So I think it's a great call out by uh, by Kostak advisor.
0: Yeah, definitely agree with him. And you know, just what her story has been has interested me, and in just how she has set these records. And again, on the verge, perhaps of qualifying for the Olympics. Glad to have her on the Sons of UCF. You know, so many sports uh, that continue to do well for UCF: track and field with a with a good year, and still more ahead of it. Softball. Uh, we're Thursday night as we we're talking live. Friday afternoon, they face Florida State. I'm sorry, they face Auburn, and the regional that includes Florida State and Kennesaw State. Uh, the eighth appearance for UCF in its 20 year history in the NCAA tournament against Auburn. You got to like that as a first game storyline.
3: I always wonder if the uh, the tournament makers, the the basketball tournament, I would say the college football playoff, but that's not really a tournament. Um, I often wonder if they try to seed these matchups with a little bit of extra juice in them because, I mean, I I I, I got to think UCF Auburn draws some eyebrows. Um, you know, it sounds like for, for both coaches, it's a matchup they're both looking forward to, uh, and 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 both are preparing really well. But you got to wonder if the schedule makers are like, I got an idea, let's do this. Uh, because it certainly is a, a, a headline-grabbing matchup um, for us here in Orlando.
1: If anything, I think it's more likely that they put us opposite, not in the same regional as the Gators, where we had already beat them twice. That was the other thing. If you listen to Eric Lopez, we could have ended up in Gainesville. How much influence do they say, hey, we don't want to see that team again? And maybe it's a bad matchup for them. But uh, it, it's going to be an exciting weekend. Man. This softball team has played well all year, and now let's see. It takes, what, a couple wins, and let's get to the next level. It's never been done before. It's going to be, we can make history this weekend.
0: Double elimination format. Uh, We spoke to uh, head coach Cindy Ball Malone following the announcement Sunday night, the selection show. And uh, she talks a little bit about what it will be like to face Auburn.
1: Um, Ironically, when we played Ole Miss, um, we scouted their series. So we got to see a lot of them there. um, And um, just knowing how they play, um, you know, they're kind of like us. They can
2: they can swing it, they can pitch a little bit, they can play defense, um, they, they ride the highs and lows. So, uh, but I, I really like our matchup. I, I think we our depth
1: um, can stand with any team in that regional. Uh, and it's just a matter of playing with passion versus being emotional um, is gonna be a big thing. And I love how we got tested this week um, with that. So I, I like the matchup, I think it's awesome.
0: Fell short uh, against Wichita State in the American Athletic Conference Championship (AAC), putting three schools in Wichita State, the cows, as well. Uh, and uh, you know, with the the pitching that they've had down the stretch, Alita White named today first team All Region. You know they're going to be in these games. You want to you want to get a win, right, in the first one, so you're in the winners bracket. You know, with a double elimination, you don't want to don't want to get a loss in that first one, and you're always scruffing the rest of the way. Uh, so they have some pitching depth that can help them in this, a pretty competitive regional. But they also have the bats, and uh, we saw someone stand out. That would be first baseman Jasmine Esparza, two home runs versus Wichita State. And uh, she talks a little bit more about just how she's proud of her team.
2: Honestly, I think the competitiveness, I think we continuously want to compete. We might have our ups and downs, but we're there for each other, the unity. Um, we're just always looking out for each other. We're united, we want to fight. We want to just build, we want to hype each other up. Like If I might not be doing something right or I'm not as successful, I want to push the person to my left to be more successful there. Like I want her to succeed more than I want myself sometimes. I think that's one thing that I am so proud of with this team is that they continuously want to get better. We want to just be the top dog and, and be known.
0: Well, they certainly that. Friday, 2 o'clock, ESPN 2. So, no searching for it on ESPN. Plus, they uh, will face Auburn. Auburn struggling down the stretch here. Uh, so, you uh, speculated on the podcast. Do you expect a, a Mackenzie Milton sighting up in Tallahassee for this one?
3: I feel like that's a yes, right? I feel like UCF will be in his backyard. Um, I, I think to Mike's point, I think Mike made this really, really clear on the on the show. If we're playing Auburn, I think it's a safe spot for him to go. He can go show up in some black and gold. Probably not catch any uh, any gruff from uh, from Tallahassee fans. Uh, so, assuming there's no conflict, I don't know if he's up there still right now. I'm not sure if there's any practice. I don't think that's over. So maybe he's not even in Tallahassee. But I think if he is there, um, I think it, it wouldn't be surprising to see a KZ sighting.
1: We used to see him all the time at basketball games, baseball games. Anytime there was a big event on campus at UCF, he was there. He was in the crowd. I would expect him to be there, at least for a game or two. And he's going to have to have a tough decision to make if we end up playing FSU. What does he wear to that game?
0: All right, Mike, some trivia for you. Kennesaw State would be located where?
1: (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, This is
0: the easier of the two questions. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. Tennessee. Kennesaw, Georgia, Georgia. Georgia. And what is their mascot's name? (laughs) Uh, Well, that (laughs) animal might make that noise. There's a hint. (laughs) I have no idea again. Scrappy the Owl. Scrappy
1: the Owl. You got me on Kennesaw State. No lucky guesses this week.
3: So they're the Kennesaw State Owls and Scrappy is the name of their mascot?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Scrappy the owl. That's why people tune in for this (laughs) Thursday (laughs) nights between 8 and 9. Baseball uh, has closed out a doubleheader sweep. They win 2-1 in the second game. You called for the sweep, did you not, Uh, uh, on your show? Well, they need to, right? Uh, Every game they got to win down the stretch now. So they sweep 3-1 and 2-1. Uh, in the uh, first game today, Jordan Rathbone, who was recognized on senior night with a three-run home run. Um, what was that?
1: Boner. <laughs>
0: Boner. Yes, I'm not sure if that's his nickname, but uh, you're, you're good at coining nicknames on this show. Uh, so, Jordan Rathbone's boners, three-run home Bonner. run, powers UCF. Uh, to the game one win, and then they uh, they get the uh, the second game. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, with uh, a friend of the program, Harry Yukari, former pitcher for the Knights, who joins us now. Supposed to go out to uh, John Yuliano Park. I, I sent him a you, – you brought them success and wins, and then you get tied up at work and you can't make it out there, huh?
5: Yeah. Unfortunately, just uh, things really kind of piled up today. So, um, But tomorrow, it looks like everything's looking good for me to get out there. I'm uh, looking forward to it.
0: Well, what do you think when you see this, a doubleheader sweep? Mind you, Houston's towards the bottom of the AAC standings, but uh, that's the kind of thing you like to see.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Usually Houston's always very talented, Um, whether it's pitching, whether it's position player depth. They've always had a lot of guys. So, um, you know, haven't followed them too closely this year, but um, always good to see uh, a doubleheader sweep, especially when the pitching is doing what it's doing today
3: talk about double headers for a second Harry. The UCF team this year has had so many odd schedule changes, you know, last minute weather delays that have forced them to play a series in two days. You know, games moved up to ten or eleven a.m. As a player, how much does all that turmoil on the schedule and the changes? How much does that kind of impact the routines uh, that that you guys would have as players? Um, you know, with all that kind of influx all the time.
5: There's definitely an impact. Um, I can, you know, thinking back, I mean, rain delays kind of throw you off you get warmed up you get yourself ready mentally uh, to go out there and and, uh, kind of get ready to go take care of business and and then you know those things happen Um, and you know the biggest thing is just mentally staying tuned staying focused Um, but physically you'll definitely feel it a little bit uh, having to warm up a couple extra times you whether you're a reliever or even just position players or pitchers in general just having to get hot multiple times you definitely feel a little more fatigue Um, but I think the biggest thing is just mentally being able to overcome and adapt.
3: What, what do you guys do in, in the middle of a doubleheader? So in between game one and game two, what's, are you stretching? Are you resting? Uh, are you watching tape? Are you scouting? What do you do in between the middle of, of, of a two game doubleheader?
5: Typically you are, you're eating something and drinking plenty of fluid, especially at this time of the year when it's really hot, uh, getting electrolytes, doing what you got to do to, to put your body in the best position possible to perform. You're really not doing too much physically because you've already gotten yourself warmed up. You may go back out, play a little catch, uh, you know jog run a little bit get yourself ready um, but it's you know usually about 45 minutes is historically what I saw between doubleheaders so you're just kind of eat and then get yourself ready for that that next game see who's in the lineup as a reliever I would check the lineup see who's in um, kind of have an idea of who I was going to be facing that night.
1: Obviously this season didn't go as planned but we get to wipe the slate clean next week we go to the conference tournament if this team is to make a run in the tournament it's because of what what would have to happen?
5: The p- starting pitching, uh, Hunter Patterson. This uh, mm-hmm. guy's very talented. I've watched him throw a few times. I've been really high on him since he got to UCF, and he, he's really turned it on in conference, uh, which has been a huge relief, especially with losing Colton. Um, you know, real, I think the starting pitching getting deep into games, especially early in pool play, will set you up for to really kind of piece it together. Because at this point, we know where we are is that we have to win the conference tournament in order to to go to a regional. So. Did we
0: lose the audio there?
5: Harry, we can't hear you. Sorry about that. I had a phone call. There
0: you call. are. Sorry, I had a phone call. I was
5: just saying, just having that starting depth, or the starting pitchers that have stepped up in conference play, really kind of get deep into games early so that when you get to the post-round pool play or, or get to the championship bracket um, towards the end of the, the weekend, uh, that you can kind of piece it together from there. You really want to, you really ideally want to see those starters go six, seven innings, eight, eight if possible, and, and give your chance to win.
0: Want to play for you a soundbite from uh, head coach Greg Lovelady? Following, they dropped three out of four in the last homestand to Wichita State, and the starters have struggled throughout conference play. And he talked about them just not being mentally tough. Uh, let's listen to here. Uh, let's listen to Coach Lovelady, and I want to get your reaction to what he said about the pitching.
4: I mean, it hasn't been this weekend. It's been it's been the last five, really, the whole conference. I mean, we just lack of starting pitching. Just inability to execute pitches. I mean, when we call fastballs away, they're, they they they're they're in. When we call them in, they're away. When we try to throw 0-2, 1-2 pitches,
5: um, hey Trace, I can't you know, I can't hear close love.
4: Now We hit guys, um, you know, just uh, a lack of ability to be consistent, um, probably allowing the moments to get um, to them mentally. Um, then again, when you look at the 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 really the strength of our club coming in was supposed to be our starting pitching the, the, you know, obviously losing Colton hurts, but um, you know, that, that's, that, that obviously puts a, a bigger damper on things in terms of uh, taxing a bullpen over the weekend. But I mean, again, but even when Colton was here, we, we, when you took Colton out of the mix, we, we weren't getting very good, very consistent starting pitching. We'd have some, some weeks here or there where we get one good start and the guy would go deep into games and, and, and pitch really, really well, but just couldn't back it up the, the next week. And, um, you know, just, just not being mentally tough enough.
0: And So I know you had a little difficulty hearing that. He talked about the, the, the pitching was supposed to be a strength of this team, and the starters in particular have struggled. And we talked about these four-game series, which is an anomaly from COVID. When you hear him talk about his pitchers not being mentally tough enough, how do you uh, react to that? What, what do you interpret from that?
5: So, yeah, and I think when I told you before we when uh, before the conference season started that starting pitching was going to be you know essential. You know when you're playing these four game series in three days, you need those pitchers to go deep into games and give you a chance. Um, you know when I hear mentally like mentally not tough or they're not able to handle, what I think of is instead of being in an aggressive mentality of like I'm going to attack his own my best stuff and get beat with my best stuff. Um, they lose confidence and they start to nibble um, or they start to just be a little bit passive. And then that's where like a lot of times like things can unravel where you you walk batters or, you know, you you get into these disadvantaged counts and you have to, you know, close the really kind of close the plate off and pitch, pitch in the white. Um, And that gives hitters a great opportunity and advantage counts to to do damage. And what I, you know, what I think about is a lot of times if you go out there as a pitcher and you've been in a rut, uh and you walk the first guy or a guy gets a base hit sometimes in your mind it's like oh here we go again it's it's a hard thing to deal with um I dealt with it in my career numerous times especially when it came to command um there were just points in my career that I remember coming back uh where I just was like I'm sick of this you know I'm, I'm not doing this anymore I'm not deal. I'm not I'm not accepting this and I don't care about the every bot on the middle I'm just gonna go out there and get beat with my best stuff in the white. And a lot of times that mentality just allows you to go out there and pitch with a lot more confidence and overcome those negative thoughts. Because when you have those negative thoughts, it can almost paralyze you, paralyze your body, and you get tentative.
3: Obviously, Mike mentioned earlier, you know, it, it's pretty much win the tournament for UCF at this point, um, kind of, you know, with with nothing to lose at this point and really kind of you know, everything to gain. Do you think that provides any sort of momentum for the guys to kind of say, hey, listen, guys, we, we have nothing to lose here. Let's just go out and give it our all. Do you think does that add anything that maybe helps the team sort of get loose and, and play a little looser this uh, in this upcoming, uh, you know, particular conference uh, championship series?
5: Yeah, I would say so, especially if, if you have a good weekend this weekend, especially with the pitching, doing what they did today, and they can continue to build some confidence um, going into that the tournament. Um, you go out there and you just let it rip. You know, you got five days, uh, you know, over in Clearwater, and, or you can't have up to five days up over in Clearwater. And you want to make each day count and stay another day longer. So you're just going out there and you're letting it rip and enjoying yourself, especially as a, as a senior. Uh, a lot of those seniors that are on the team, um, you know, get the opportunity to go out there and just let it rip one more time in college, you, know, you want to make the most of it. I think that can, you can really use that to your advantage, especially if you build a lot of confidence this weekend with, with a quality series win or even a sweep.
1: I think we've been pretty hard on the team this year. What do you think are some of the positives we can take out of the season that we can build on for next year?
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish I could have caught a lot more um, of the, of the games. I mean, my work schedule just been, <laughs> It's been hectic. Um, I think you know a lot of those younger guys getting the opportunity to play. I mean, Alex Freeland getting really exposed early as a freshman to, to the rigors of conference play and a, and a different schedule and being able to adapt. Uh, I think I think that's going to allow him to really grow as a player. I think uh, I think John Montes is also a freshman getting a lot of play time. A lot of these younger classmen getting opportunities because of injuries or or, or performance issues across the board. It gives you a chance to really kind of go into next year where. You're also going to have a, hopefully a normal year, whereas this year, you know, due to COVID from last year, a lot of the, the normal things you would get to do as an athlete were, were different. Um, so you've, I think you'll be a lot better because you had to be adaptive during, uh, during these times and you go into a more normal year next year and you just can kind of say, you know what, i dealt with COVID. I dealt with a lot of different things. I can handle, you know, whatever the, the, the next year brings. And I think that gives guys a lot of confidence.
0: And I'll wrap with this. You mentioned him earlier, Colton Gordon, having the uh, the surgery out, uh, projected 12 to 18 months. When you hear that, I mean, your hearts just got to go out to him. That's a, a long and tough road back for him.
5: Yeah, especially when in his position as a as an upperclass, um, someone that's performed um, since he's gotten here, and it's it's you know I, my heart goes out to him because I can tell you that I've seen. I've seen a lot of guys go through that, and especially the timing is just the worst part because it's right in the middle of the year. So essentially, you wiped out the rest of this year, and um, most likely a good part of next year uh, if he's to come back. Um, not sure what what his what his scenario is or, or what his what the next level looks like for him. Um, obviously, very talented, can definitely probably go have a have a have a great career after this. But uh, you know, really, you know, wishing nothing but the best to him, and and I've always appreciated watching him go out there and compete.
0: Well, former UCF pitcher Harry Hukari, you can find him at hokari 33 on Twitter. We appreciate you hopping back on. And as you said, just let it rip in the conference tournament next week in Clearwater. Anything can happen.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, hopefully I'll catch you guys down there as well. I'm going to try to get down to the conference tournament um, next weekend as well.
0: All righty. Thanks, Harry. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. A couple of seniors recognized today. That included A.J. Jones, the pitcher. Kenny Surwa, the pitcher. As well, Jordan Rathbone. Ah, uh, uh Yes, I, I know. I was setting that one up with the uh, the COVID year extension. It's possible you could see. Jones, Sirwa, maybe back. Uh, who knows what the pitching staff's going to look like. Uh, too early to look that far ahead. One other person recognized today, the late Joe Skinner. You remember we've talked about this story before. The UCF baseball commit who passed away in uh, 2016 at the age of 17. UCF recognizing him as well. And that was a nice gesture on their part. Coming up next, they've got the game Friday and Saturday. And then the conference tournament, still got to shake out who's seeded where, double elimination over in Clearwater. Harry said he might get out there. I've got some challenging uh, uh, scheduling for next week, so I'm not sure that I'll be able to make it out. But hopefully when we're back on uh, next Thursday, they will still be alive. So uh, if you listened, and you should certainly have listened to the pod this week, uh, another exciting episode. And uh, uh, the Cow of the Week nominee hits close to home for you, huh, Adam?
3: Yeah, an important update to a story we report exclusively on the sons of UCF. So my daughter, who's sitting over here, she doesn't want to show herself on camera, but she's sitting right here, Trace. So uh, she uh, came back home from school and relayed to me that while prepping for a history exam, her teacher, who is a uh, UCF alum and a a fan of UCF sports, uh, that he uh, asked a a UCF related uh, trivia question to help give them an answer. And my daughter, who again is the daughter of the uh, famous podcast host here of the Sons of UCF, famous
0: did not. Yeah,
3: that's what I said. Did not know the answer, and so uh, mortified as a parent. I mean, there's really nothing worse your child can do to you than something like this. And so I nominated her for Cow of the Week. However, our intrepid fans were curious to find out what was the question that she missed. So I sent uh, her teacher a very important long email and said, I need to understand (laughs) the question that you asked during the class. So I have the the question exclusive here, Trace. And here's what I need you to do for for my lovely daughter, who's right over here. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to decide a couple of things. After I read you this question, I need you to tell me whether or not you think a 13-year-old whose father hosts an award-winning UCF podcast, should have known the answer to this question. And if you say she should have, we need to come up with a punishment. And if not, perhaps for the first time in Sons UCF history, we have to maybe rescind a cow of the week. So a lot's at stake here, Trace. You are the arbiter. Here is the, uh, the official statement from her teacher. So the question was, who was the president of the Confederacy? Since my students often give me a hard time about only giving them the hard ones, I said, all right, here's a hint. This man shares the same last name as an elite UCF wide receiver who was recently drafted to the Buffalo Bills.
0: Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. She should know that.
3: (laughs) She says you should (laughs) know that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to make any uh, friends with her. She doesn't know me. She isn't going to try to now. Yeah, so you I, think I the cow say, of the week
3: should stand? It should stand.
0: Yeah, I think with her association with you and, and just absorbing some things. And again, as Mike mentioned on the show Monday, she was at spring.
3: Associations a really loose term, Trace. Right? I'm not really sure the association factor there. Okay, so Trace votes that you should know that. Mike, I know you already opined via text. Uh, should we rescind the cow of the week or do you think this is, uh, this is adequate grounds for a cow?
1: I mean, for somebody that follows the program, that's something you should know, right? We don't have any, we have one receiver yeah. on the Bills, and his name is Gabe Davis. Now, the punishment is going to be the key here. What do we give her? We give her no phone for a week, say 10 Hail Paramins, oh, and no. all is forgiven?
0: Well, I mean, she's did I hear entire... her say that she should not? There's no way she should have known that. Was, did I hear that's, her say that? That's
3: correct. That correct. Do you, do does, she, you, does she
0: wish to make her case? To, I, I wanna, could be swayed. Do you want
3: to make your case? I mean, I'll try to turn the camera here. Let's see if we get it. Just yeah, step into cool. the step into the frame here. We're doing this live. Right? She so, won't be able to hear uh, me. But well, th- what's her she. case? Do, do do you have a case for why uh, you don't think you should be punished?
2: Yeah. Yep, right. Why would I know that?
3: <laughs> why would she know that? <laughs> why would she? I, that's... It's an airtight defense, <laughs> if I've ever heard one. Uh, Mario, our friend Lonely Bumblebee Addison says that you should get a pass. Uh, Stan Clackety thinks that one day you're going to chair a board. Exactly. So <laughs> we've got we've got a lot of options here. Uh, we'll have to take it. So to be fair, she's actually listened to this entire 45 minute program. That may be punishment enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I would say this. I uh, I think that because she lives with you. And you're a part of this program that I think she should know it, but I think the punishment is that she lives with you and she's had to listen to this program. So no uh, phone Anth- rescinding or anything like that.
3: Anthony Cesario, who appears to like hot dogs, says to give her a pass. Cost seg trick question recently applies this year and no one drafted to the bills. Interesting, Costeg. Lonely bumblebee maker will have to listen to Mike's 5K stories. That could be (laughs) the the best option. That could be right. Yes. After tomorrow, um, UCF Mike's going to call you and he's going to tell you his uh, his 5K stories. Okay. That's fine. After school, you're free. Yeah, sure. Tell you all about the
1: cramps I had at mile two. My left.
0: Oh goodness, goodness, (laughs) the struggles that you have, Mike. Let's let's give her a pass no jan and brett no punishment she's adorable so let's let's give her a pass
1: cows the wheels but
0: so no you. no punishment
3: no pun we we uh we need a sniffer here <laughs> we'll we'll figure this out so uh, addison will uh we'll we'll reconvene this later thanks for your thanks for your one and only appearance on the on the sun's ucf live would you like to say goodbye okay <laughs>
0: I like her disposition and we're done. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. that, that this is not, stuff. this is
3: not acting by the way. This is not like for the, this is daily. This is what we do.
0: And how old is she again? She's 13. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. And, and if, if she does talk with Mike and he regales her with his tails that uh, that's punishment for everyone really. So uh, yeah. Definitely. Um, moving on, I uh, because it is the the summer season, the, the dog days. I opened up the mailbox, said, "What do you got?" Ask us some things, and I, and I got to appreciate that Brian W. Peterson, uh, a former guest on this program, really really put his heart into some of these. He he asked, "Has Coach Malzahn already done more for the UCF football program in a few short months than Heupel did in a few short years?" Adam, begin with you.
3: Uh, I mean, we haven't played a game yet, so that's the challenge, right? I mean, if we go zero and twelve this year, right, that that'll be a quick answer. I think the off the field stuff by far. I mean, he he's got billboards out there. He's 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 more outgoing and gregarious than, that's a big word, Addison. Uh, he's more gregarious than Heupel ever was. So in, in that respect, his name alone, we're in articles. He's on interviews. Absolutely off the field, tenfold he's done more than Heupel. But Heupel won games. I mean, whether or not you liked his style, whether or not you thought he was a good coach, he put W's in the W column. Uh, Gus has yet to do that. So I'll give give—I'll give Gus like a 51-49 just because I think the off the field stuff's important. But um, I think the season has to start first before I can give you 100%.
1: Yeah, I want to be on team Gus Bust myself, too. But like you just said, he hasn't played a game. Heupel is the highest winning percentage coach in UCF football history. He won a conference championship. We went undefeated his first year. Uh, As much as I want to dog him, uh, right now I can't say he's done more in a couple months than Heupel did in three years. But after one good season, uh, it'll be close.
0: I will say this, that he's putting in the work in the offseason, right? you know, attending sporting events. He was out at softball. Uh, he's part of the charge on tour, of course, as the head coach. Not that Heupel wasn't, but he seems to be putting in that work uh, to, to win over fans. And I think he's off to a good start, but too early a sample size. We'll go back to you, Mike, for this one. Another one from Brian. Will we potentially see four nights, former nights, starting at quarterback for four different FBS programs this year? Uh, Dylan, of course, KZ, uh, Noah Vedral, DJ Mack. What do you think about that one?
1: Yeah, when you put it that way, it certainly seems possible. Uh, KZ is in a battle, right? They're not handing him that job at Florida State, but it looks like he is going to end up starting some games. If not the first game, I I think he'll get a few cracks there at Florida State. DJ Mack should take over the job at at Old Dominion. I mean, I think he came out of the spring as the number one. Noah Vedral, he got some playing time last year, right, didn't he? Yeah. He was starting. Yeah, yeah. Very possible we have four guys, and... I mean, who knows if Quincy uh, Quadri Jones would have transferred, he probably would have started somewhere else too.
0: <laughs> did you, know? you just did you just call him Quincy Jones? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I changed it, but yeah, I,
0: I did say Quincy <laughs> Quadri Jones. I thought uh, I heard you uh, correctly.
1: <laughs> so we, we could have had a bunch of starting <laughs> quarterbacks on this roster if they all had chosen to go somewhere else, but uh, luckily we're stuck with the guy we have is Dylan Giroux
0: luckily so
3: is is the question that they're going to there at least one game that these guys will start or there be one weekend where all four guys will start
0: it seems open but uh, we'll just go that at some point all four start
3: I think, that's, I think that's definitely feasible. At one point during the season, with these four guys we will get a start. Vedral, I think he got replaced in the end of the year. I know he was injured for a bit. Uh, Rutgers actually had a really good season in the Big Ten. I know they've, re- they've recruited really well, so um, you know, we'll see what that looks like. You don't hear much about DJ Mack. I mean, obviously, uh, we haven't seen as, as much, and, and, and the ODU depth chart isn't really at the top of my head here. I think Mike's got a, a good point about KZ. He's in a battle with Jordan Travis. Uh, You know, how will that shake out? But I imagine he at least gets one start. So I think if you're asking if one point during the twenty twenty one football season, do all four of those guys get a start during that season? I think the answer is probably yes.
0: And then back to you, Adam, for is this a period of UCF quarterback renaissance? Considering Mikey Keene is an incoming freshman, potential replacement to Dylan one day. Renaissance.
3: It's a big word. Um, It's a big word. I mean, I want to think so. But again, all I've seen Mikey Keene do is throw like seven practice uh, passes in a spring game um, and some really cool YouTube highlight videos. I'm not saying he won't be great, but uh, we haven't seen any of these guys in any meaningful action. Um, And any any UCF fan out there can tick off the names of the great UCF quarterbacks that we saw in shorts and T-shirts. So until that is... Uh, decided on the field. I think the talent is there. I, I, I think the skill sets there. I think that UCS becoming a bit of a quarterback destination, hopefully is a good thing, but I, we we haven't seen any of these guys play outside of uh, of spring game and practices. So it's, it's tough to really give you the Renaissance tag until we see you between the white lines.
1: Mikey Keene looks the part. He's saying all the right things. He's doing all the right things so far, but you never know a year from now who Gus is going to bring in as, as a new recruit next year. If Dylan Gabriel decides to come back for a senior year, that's another possibility. So we may never get to see Mikey Keene. He may be another one of these guys that transfers and is a starter somewhere else. And he can have a great career that way, too. Uh, But for right now, he looks like he he is the real deal.
0: Did you see Nelson's comment that was just up on the screen saying, but more importantly, will they be referred to as UCF transfers during the telecasts?
3: Uh, Daryl Mack definitely will, I think, because I think that's an interesting one. And McKenzie's going to be synonymous with UCF, right? That story will have to be told every time he's in a game. It's going to be a, a, a sounder, a graphic, something will be up about UCF. Vedral probably not because he's two stops removed from UCF, right? He spent time at, uh, at Nebraska and then the Rutgers. So I'd I say two of those guys definitely get some UCF love during, uh, during a telecast.
1: They put all the football on TV. I don't remember ever seeing those games. Ah, last. Maybe,
3: Shots fired.
1: Maybe ESPN <laughs> three or something, but uh, and they're going to have to mention it for KZ. But I wouldn't be surprised if later in the year, if he goes to the NFL, they just refer to him as the Florida State quarterback. Mm, boo,
0: boo on that. Uh, so, did you watch back, Adam? The did you watch the interviews that Mike did, or did you just listen to him? Were they different when you watch or listen? Do you, do you have an opinion
3: on that? Did you see them? Did you watch them on the YouTube? I, I did. I did watch the uh, the, the video. Yeah. I, um, here's the thing that's interesting. I think um, mohajir was really one that Mike – so Mike sent me the interviews like right after they were done, so I heard the audio right away. I didn't see the video for a couple days. Um, seeing the way mohajir kind of interacted, uh, seeing the way that he um, – you know, was was talking to Mike, laughing, joking, you know, you know, shaking his hand, talking to Emily, Mike's daughter, who was running the camera. I, I thought that was really cool and kind of shows the, the kind of guy that he is. So I, that actually did change it a little bit because the audio was great. Uh, but seeing him interact with Mike was great. Uh, Gus looked super uncomfortable, which, which came across in audio, too. And Johnny Dawkins just looks like the kind of guy that would just walk up to you on the street and give you a hug because he's a
1: nice guy. Yeah, I think you nailed it pretty well there. <laughs> uh, but Gus... As much as he said he, want, he wanted to look forward to these events, he looked uncomfortable all night to me. I mean, I was watching him when he was sitting around waiting for his time to talk. And even It started in the with room. you, though. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, he was in yeah, a good mood. Yeah, I got on the wrong foot, yeah. maybe. But, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Some coaches just aren't into those types of things. If it's not for him, it's not for him. Maybe, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to get better at it because he's been the coach for a long time, something he should be used to by now anyway. Coming from Auburn, I'm sure they had plenty of events like that. Maybe he didn't like it back then. Maybe he just wasn't used to reporters at Auburn asking him about tank tops. Maybe I threw him off, and he was a little flustered the rest of the night.
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure he was not used to that back in his days in Auburn. You've got those interviews. Uh, they're on YouTube, but they're also housed on the website as well, right, Adam?
3: TwoNightsMedia.com is where you can find all of that stuff. Um uh, you have the YouTube stuff, you have the pod stuff. One of these days, we'll write something. I don't know when that day will be, but uh, just stick around. You never know when that'll happen. Uh, so you can find all that stuff at twonightsmedia dot com.
0: Do you take fan submissions? Is that something that uh, perhaps fans could get in too?
3: Yeah, if we're going to do this like a players' tribune situation, I am open to uh, uh, to some submissions as long as I don't have to edit stuff.
0: So you Maybe just we put can it start doing as some
1: contests, like uh, submitting your tailgate photos, things like that. Some things we could play around with in the future.
0: I thought, Mike, you said something about uh, daily content. Uh, so you've not, <laughs> <laughs> you've not been penning a new column each day? Hey, I added three new videos this week. My interview with
1: Terry Mohajer, Gus Malzon, and Johnny Dawkins. So it's something.
0: Speaking of uh, next week's Charge on Tour event, uh, there's uh, they've opened it up. There's a media possibility. Because it's in Oviedo, I'm guessing that it's not going to present one-on-ones. I haven't asked that question yet. Is that something you're interested in me attending if it's a one-on-one opportunity or could it possibly be better than what happened last week?
3: Are we crowdsourcing this or
0: is this from from from, from can I to decide? Uh, yeah, I'm asking both of you. I mean, you can open it up to to others, but uh I haven't I, again, I haven't found out if it's a one-on-one opportunity. And the timing of it is 5:36. Our show's at eight. I don't know that I can. I could probably get back from Oviedo if the interviews are at 5:30, but I'm not sure if it's one-on-one. If it's one-on-one, uh, do you want me to go?
1: Yeah, I no think place, if you
0: get one-on-one, yes. do it. Yeah, if no place be I'd rather like have it.
1: Be. <laughs> yeah, if it's going to oh. be one of those media scrums where you only get one question in and two questions. I uh, probably wouldn't bother. But if you got to say, if you get the sit-downs, like we got, like I got to do, and then you could come up with your own hard-hitting questions.
0: I I'm wondering whether I should reference uh, you spoke with a, a friend of mine <laughs> most recently uh, about tank tops that I wonder what is I just would love to see his face. I just would love to see the reaction. I just don't know if I can pull off video and audio. I don't have a, uh, we, a camera can we bring
3: him a, a, a son's UCF tank top trace so you could present it to him and said, uh, hey we wanted to give you an opportunity an option
1: for
0: something to wear this year.
1: He no. sees you walking in with a sun shirt. He may walk, turn in the opposite direction right away.
0: So, did you see his reaction when Darren Stolzis presented him with the pressure cooker? I don't know that he was that plused by that experience. I don't know what you think <laughs> about the tank top, but that does open up. It does seem like if you open up the merchandising possibilities, tank top should be something featured on the website.
3: I mean, we have an, a, a tailor made model right over there. So, I mean, that's just that's a done deal, Trace.
1: Cow of the Week tank tops coming before the season starts.
0: Bookie. Who uh, who thinks he's um, he's got better running skills than, than the AAC freshman of the year?
3: I once heard that Mike is a better five k runner than an Olympian. So that's I, I heard that somewhere.
1: I heard it just not too long ago, right on this very show. She said it yeah. straight from the ho- white horse's mouth, right?
0: Well, <laughs> I know one thing about Mike. He's no Quincy Jones. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Well, guys, it's been fun. I'm glad we uh, spared your daughter further punishment, uh, Adam. and She's off I'll the hook decide. with us. Uh, well, you may not weigh, you may not consider ours, uh, our opinions in your parental judgment, but uh, uh, you'll, you'll just have to teach her better. Maybe the fail is on you. Perhaps you're the cow of the week.
3: Uh, yeah, again, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not denying that there may be some uh, some cow stench over here, uh, and and her teacher was very nice. Shout out to uh, I don't want to say his name, Mr. B. Uh, shout out to to Mr. B for responding. I actually wrote him an email and entitled it an "Important Question About Addison," and so he thought it was going to be something really serious. And then I had to get into the point that I do a podcast cow of the week, yada yada yada. yada. Uh, he took a little of a shot in his in that email though, Mike. Should I? I don't know if you read that part. He said he listens quote here and there. Ooh. I don't know what I mean. You're busy. I don't. I don't know what that means. Maybe he's cow of the week.
1: Is that better than, or is that worse than never listening to us at all?
3: Yes, it is.
0: (laughs) It's it's worse to listen occasionally than not at all.
3: Well, here and there indicates that, like, I don't really have time, but I'll squeeze you in if I had to. Which which means, you know, not a fan. I would assume if you haven't listened at all, we still have a chance with you.
0: True. True. All right, guys, it has been entertaining. I have enjoyed the conversation. Uh, for Adam and Mike, I'm Trey Strolko. Go Knights! Charge on. See ya.
5: Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Lance Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.